0: wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard and then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Newton out of Canada
1: and I watched him hit the golf ball I watched it with the white stance taking the club back way inside releasing the club one of the greatest ball strikers I've ever seen Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. I had to stop myself there. I almost said weekly, but we've been away. Or we've been off for a couple of weeks while I've been on the spoiled brat golf tour. Uh, but Jeff has been uh, holding down the fort uh, here in California. Um, but what a day to come back. Uh, the hearing of the – Jeff, what's this, what's this committee called again? I can't even Oh, remember. don't
0: ask me that question again. Yeah. Come on. Okay, it's, 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 Senate it's, yeah.
1: Subcommittee on the Investigations. Something like that. Yeah, permanent. Um, so that, that hearing was this morning, um, but before we get to that, before I get to introduce my uh, co-host, uh, I was speaking to the uh, McKellar Golf Magazine Journal, literary golf journal, whatever you want to call it, uh, distribution center this morning, and it appears that sales have slowed down, uh, which is not good news. Uh, sales of the new issue have slowed down, so if you haven't got your copy yet, please uh, go to McKellarMagazine.com, and uh, if you've got a copy of number seven, you can also get a uh, Three, four, five, six are still available. One or two have sold out completely, as have the reprints. Uh, that's mckellarmagazine.com. Please uh, go and purchase your copy because uh, you get this podcast for free, um, uh, which is something. Um, but uh, without your help and support, uh, we can't pay our golf journalists, our writers, uh, as well as we'd like to pay them, uh, or even at all. Uh, so if you buy a copy, you will wait. A, you'll get a great magazine. And yeah. secondly, you'll be supporting uh, great golf writers, uh, including uh, my co-host, Mr. Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing quite well. I've missed our conversations, but I understand you've been uh, traveling and uh, hopefully enjoying it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. T- well, the amateur championship was magnificent, Jeff. Uh, uh, was held at two courses. The stroke play was held at Southport Port Nainsdale. Uh, and the other one, the uh, well, and Hillside, Hillside uh, hosted one day of uh, stroke play and the entire match play. The RNA streamed the last uh, last couple of days. I think the semi-finals and the final on YouTube. Uh, the event itself was won by Chris Crystal Lambrecht uh, from Georgia Tech, South African kid. He's about six foot fourteen. He is one of these uh, modern type players. Jeff, you would have laughed uh, at Hillside. He just got on the tee and and gave it a lash with the driver. Um, uh, and then assumed that he would maybe find six or seven fairies at 14 and then he would take his uh, chances from there. Uh, wasn't particularly as subtle, but it was extremely effective. He's a great player, nice kid, uh, great event. Uh, and the, I was astonished actually. Did you watch it? Um, I think there was up to six, 7,000 people were watching the streaming of the final on YouTube, which is
0: really, yeah, really good. Yeah. Good numbers. I wasn't
1: one. Of, I wasn't one of them, but yes, I saw the numbers yeah and i'm am guessing that rna doesn't have a has a doesn't have a, a platoon of bots uh, running up fake no. youtube numbers unlike some golf uh, tours um, so there was that and then was a european amateur in estonia uh, which was uh, quite an interesting place to visit i wouldn't say i'd go there for the culinary delights but um fun golf course perhaps So the winning score i think was minus 23 and Nile was a minus 10 to make the cut by one so I'm not sure the golf course <laughs> wow. offered up uh, offered up much wow. of a challenge for the truly top top players And the first day I think his tea time was 3 30 at which point five four guys four or five guys had shot 62 oh <laughs> so there you go uh, who says the ball doesn't need roll back uh, not as um anyway enough of that uh, Jeff that was fun uh, we should uh, really get to business because uh, We are restricting ourselves, such as the enormity, can I say enormity? Well, it's a huge news day, uh, this uh, Senate hearing. Uh, I'm describing it to people who ask uh, me, Jeff, as absolutely sensational. How would you characterize it?
0: (laughs) Yes, sensational, I assume, from an entertainment perspective is what you're implying (laughs) in terms of uh, comedy. I believe well, it's, a, it's a summer rom-com, uh, you know, right?
1: I'm not sure there was much love. But anyway. Well, it's sensational. I, Tell me why, why you're saying Well, I, I thought it was sensational oh, for all sorts of reasons. One, uh, this, well, the hearing itself, was, I thought, was very revealing in multiple ways. But the release of documents that were timed with the start of the hearing, uh, you can find them on the committee website or the Washington Post or Golf News Net. Uh, the, there's a link there, 276 pages of uh documents relating to the hearing uh, was quite the most astonishing, Um, contained some amazing uh, insight, um, revelations. I have never, I've been been covering golf at the top level for a couple of decades at least, and I've never come across such a, um, what's the word, Uh, such an x-ray of the machinations of uh, of the PGA Tour or the European Tour. I mean, it's all there. Uh, These people were writing for, they assumed for themselves, uh, the people who were putting together this um, framework deal between um, the, the PIF and the PGA Tour, they assumed that no one would ever see this stuff. Uh, but lo and behold, we're all seeing it. I, I, I mean, there's revelation upon revelation, uh, breathtaking bits of news. Um, and then you throw on top the actual hearing itself, where, uh, again, there was maybe not to the extent that it was in the documents, but... Uh, Certainly, some juicy morsels. Uh, plus, it's all, it's kind of great to see um, these people undressed. I mean, I, I don't mean in the literal <laughs> sense, but in the no. sense that you know, yeah, no, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> certainly don't want that. But it was—I uh, thought it was just stunning. But for somebody who loves intrigue and news and gossip around the world of professional golf, it was, as I say, sensational. Yeah, no, it's wildly entertaining. That's why I just wanted to be clear on
0: that. Uh, it, it when you know the egos involved and uh, you see some of the elements of just absolutely little man manchild's, uh, <laughs> just looking out for their own interest and all the weird little stuff that uh, that that is in these documents that you can pick apart and that I will absolutely be having a blast with in my newsletter. Um, you know, I wrote a piece uh, before this, uh, and it it. it Elements of it were exactly like you would imagine—the classic senatorial grandstanding—and uh, when you knew who was on the committee, you knew where, which areas they might go and not go. And and uh, I thought I thought for the most part the senators uh, were, were fine compared to some of these things, but there were of course the usual embarrassing moments, the bonehead from Delaware blabbing on about his golf game and like anybody cares. And uh, and Jimmy Dunn laughing along, you know, like, Oh, this is my comic relief. I don't have to get grilled at this point. Uh, I thought Senator Blumenthal's temperament tone was really excellent. And, uh ron johnson had a couple of moments and then just to just do the usual with him and then a flip into just stupidity and weirdness and the usual and then poor josh holly just not up to speed on where things were <laughs> with china and he missed some big opportunities but yeah the 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 here so the hearing was what it what you'd expect i thought ron price did fine other than he could have really put holly in his place on china and i think he just read the room and realized that was not a good uh not uh, not a useful uh, bit of his uh, energy uh, in that moment but the the documents are they're just they're just stunning and there's stuff here that uh, we will be feasting on for for weeks and months and maybe years on where all this stood and where uh, where it may go and and uh, but but uh, yeah so we'll pick
1: it apart I'm sure here in the next hour. The uh, um, I probably want to go, go to the end before we get back to the start. Mm. Uh, so here we are. We're, we're post gaming it. What do you think's going on at the uh, at PJ Tour HQ? Are they, are they all got their head in their hands, thinking, "Oh my God, that was utterly disastrous." Uh, and I wonder what's happened. What P-I- PIF didn't show up. That's probably the best decision they made in yeah. the last two years. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, sk- scheduling or scheduling conflict. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah A lot that's, of I think rest assured, we will never see Yasser Al-Rumi and and, and Greg Norman in front of a Senate committee. Zero chance of that ever happening. But um, I, I just wonder, Jeff, do you think the Tour, Oh my God, uh, are they thinking, oh shit, how do we how do we dig ourselves out of this? Or are they thinking, is there any is there any world in which you think, oh well, that that went quite well?
0: I don't think there's any world where they thought it went well. <laughs> I think there's a world where they uh, knew this was going to be rough because of what they had to. do share document wise, at least at the executive level, I I would imagine there are a lot of people on the staff just shaking their heads at, at the number of things that have been claimed that were essentially refuted and and shown to be lies, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, and, uh, that, so on the staff level, it's gotta be dispiriting and, and shocking. And uh, on the player level, you know, the piece I wrote in my newsletter that was a little little preview i expected some of the usual just absurd uh stuff about what can we do to make sure to keep these players happy and the biggest takeaway for me is that that uh, they're they're sort of yeah they were they were making decisions for people from the top rory and tiger they're they're telling they're going to be playing 10 times a year a <laughs> uh, events uh possibly to they're going to have franchises to very little beyond that uh and i expected more of that usual stupid pandering to uh, the world number 143 and i think the shock and this is going to be how much these people were all uh, uh how many people were in this little loop and how many of them were just looking out for their interests and not the interest of the players so that was my biggest shock that they're uh even though i'm seen these people in action long enough to know this is kind of how they 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 operate and they were really thinking how they will retain their jobs in this next entity and i can imagine that the people who uh the players if this is a player run organization when they uh, are well they won't read but their agents will read uh, they're going to step back and go uh it's time to get rid of these people these people were just looking out for themselves they're not looking out for us yeah,
1: the uh, that was that's a really good point you make. That was very clear to me that you know Yasser or His Excellency, as we have, I guess we're duty bound to call him, uh, he's getting his uh, membership of uh, Augusta National and the R and A, and of course Jay's all fixed up because he's the CEO CEO of the new and Jimmy's going to be uh, he's going to be sorted because he's. Uh, He's, uh, you know, he's going to be the ruler of all of golf, uh, whatever yeah. title that comes with. And well, of they course, were worried uh, about Jay's two jobs and the kind the Piff was even well, going, that's ah, right. that could
0: be a little bit of a conflict here. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah. He'll be lucky <laughs> to keep one of the jobs.
1: But uh, uh, but yeah, and so other- and then,
0: of course, by the way, just forget the players. Uh, there's nothing really here that shows any vision for the, the way the game is played, the fan uh and then just the pure comedy of the the broadcast partners are like yeah we'll call them they're they're uh they're sixth on jay's list of calls to make <laughs> yeah the people who are who are sending you the money the whole thing is built around them uh yeah we'll get to them on the call list after rbc and fedex and rolex and and of course rolex being on both guys calling uh list is just uh both keith pelly and jay monahan is the greatest comedy of all these these grown men and their little and their, their shiny jewelry. How how important that is. Um, just just breathtaking.
1: The uh, yeah, and while all this was while everybody's looking after themselves, and back, oh, the amount of backslapping. Oh, great job, oh, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> Again, these are all in. If you have, if you're listening to this, I'm sure that you're the kind of person that would do, download a two hundred and seventy six page filing from a Senate committee a website. But uh, these are all all these things have contained in emails and WhatsApp messages. Uh, but it is quite staggering. There's not, a, as you say, there's not a, a not a moment's reflection on, well, how do we shape the golf in, in this new well, landscape? I mean, there is
0: some of that, uh, which is revealing in that they said when they released the framework, they, the, the details were still a long way to go. Well, actually, no, they really weren't. But when you do pull back from what details they have, it is, yeah, there's some stuff for the players, but it's really more of trying to mend some fences and you just read it and you go... What the hell is this? What what have they got here? Uh, and then, you know, looking for more ways that more money will come in, and new and way they're gonna ways they're gonna weave Saudi Arabia into sponsorship, and it's it does not make you feel good.
1: Let's put yeah, it that but way. I, I, again, I guess uh, there's been quite a lot of, and you've kind of mocked it, and I guess I have as well. The you know who who you know a lot of concern what happens to the world in one hundred and forty three, but there is zero. It seems to be there seems to be zero consideration ge- given to the players really, on uh, a micro level, and even the top players I mean, they have a they have a plan scoped out for Tiger and Rory. I mean these no marks, these no name lawyers, you know, somewhere in corporate Manhattan, are mapping out Tiger Woods's and, and Rory, yeah. uh, markle Roy's future. That is quite a staggering presumption. Uh, I'm sure it's gone down like a. Couple cup oh. of coal sick, uh sick with Tiger and and Rory. Actually, can I just a uh, quick detour, Jeff? This is uh, this came out last week. Um, there was a tra- another transit, It's hard to keep up with the transcript documents being leaked. But it uh, appears it's, um, at the original, when this whole thing was being floated, or uh, when the PGA Tour's response has been floated, when they were when uh, PIF and Saudi Arabia was still a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, somebody at uh, PG tour headquarters had written a script for Tiger Woods to deliver to his, uh, his peers <laughs> at a players meeting. Uh, I, you know, I guess again, if you've listened to this, you've probably read it, but if you haven't, you should oh. go and see it. It's absolutely, I, I thought it was, I mean, presumptuous was, the, was the best of it. I yeah. mean, I thought, I mean, they pre- basically they're putting words in Tiger's mouth, portraying him as a, a kind of foul mouthed, you know can't get to the end of a sentence without swearing kind of thing my goodness <laughs> if I was tiger i mean really the portrayal w- was well I-, I won't use a word but it was, it was certainly offensive uh, to me uh, god knows what it was uh, oh. what it felt like with tiger it was uh, disgraceful wasn't it it was disgraceful and and you
0: can tell by the tweet that he issued denying he'd ever seen this and that there was steam coming out of his ears and uh i don't know if he typed out the tweet or somebody on the staff did but he had to be livid i, I mean it, it's 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 uh, there are, there are multiple levels of course first of all there's the uh, there's the mapping out of the um uh so with all due uh, this is tiger uh, thanks jay with all due respect to the tour i'd i'd like jay to leave and his staff to leave the room and um, please cut the camera in the back as well. And then Tiger waits for staff to leave. I mean, they mapped it down to that point. Then, as you say, the swearing. Guys, let me start by saying, I think Jay, our captain in this scenario, <laughs> is working his ass off. So they're they're putting swearing in his mouth. But then the part, well, of course, he's a he's a warrior, he's a fighter. It's all about JJJ, which he, we make jokes about the tour cult. And, and here's the, the you know, cult of the I guess innovator. I I, uh, I I don't know what what Jay is at this point, but but the the, the 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 disgusting part, Lawrence, that reveals how far off the rails this organization is, and we've seen it with 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 the manipulation of of Amy uh at the, at the waste management for publicity, and Charlie Woods at the PNC, is that they. You know, this is a page and a half of what Tiger's supposed to say. And and there are multiple lines about his son, Charlie. He, yeah, you bring Charlie into this and, and, and all these lines about, about, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't want to push Charlie, but he'll be on the tour. And I'd like him to play the same tour I played. And it's just so nice. hey, children are not off limits with these people. It is, it is uh, all hands on deck to, to keep these big salaries coming and this kind of uh, to mop up for all the mistakes they've made and how they were outsmarted. And, and, and I mean, his silence is going to continue to, to become even more deafening uh, as after today, but I don't, I don't expect we'll hear from tiger for a while. It's going to take him a while to cool off as, as he, he should be hot.
1: (laughs) He should be really, really hot reading this. The uh, yeah the, the the stuff about Charlie was particularly um, distasteful. It's just quite amazing the the depths to which uh, these people will will stoop. Incidentally, um, not that I know tons and tons of people at the PGA Tour, but I, I, I'm, some of them are re- pretty disgusted from what I understand at the course. way this is uh, this has been conducted uh, and the way that the PGA Tour leadership has been conducted. And I'm guessing today's uh, well today's uh events will will not diminish that uh that disgust yeah i guess we should go well, i, no, I, I should. just
0: on that point i'll just tell you a story i was at the u.s open and i got uh tapped on the shoulder and it's somebody who works at the tour uh who hadn't seen in a, in uh in uh i don't know weeks months um anyway and and wanted wanted to just vent about this and uh this person said you know i'm a, i'm a I'm a, I'm a man of faith and I, I take, you know, my faith very seriously. And he goes, let me ask you something. I, is is this just, is this just greed on a level that I, I is that, I go, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he, he's just sick to his stomach. Uh, he's put a lot of time into his life uh, working for the organization and loves golf and all that, you know, the stuff you used, usually expect and uh, from a quality person and is just, um, is just sort of flabbergasted at how the whole thing has played out and uh and is now and this is somebody i used to argue with about some of these directions they were going in and and is now very much seeing it and uh so yeah that that is as always is the sad part in these scenarios as we know there are just a bunch of people out there who really do love the game got into this line of work for that reason and put in long hours and travel a lot in some cases and um it's it's got to be wildly uh, dispiriting for them to uh, know that, it, and it's just begun. I mean, today made clear this is this saga has uh, just begun.
1: Yeah, uh, that that much is uh, very clear. Uh, the fact that, well, let, well, let's discuss. Then we can maybe discuss the future. Uh, I, I guess the uh, let's chat about the uh, the hearing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was over two. I don't know how long it clocked in. It felt like two, two couple, two or two and a half hours or something like that. Um, the uh, and then of course it timed with the start of the hearing was the release of documents. As I say, you can see find those in the Washington, the Washington Post was first first with the details of you know the the juiciest parts in it. Uh, I mean I don't know where to start, Jeff. So I'm not going to even try. <laughs> uh, what what's your uh, well, what were your main eye-popping revelations for you, and and what were your other kind of takeaways? Are you are, are we can alternate with these, but whatever way you want to do.
0: Well, big picture, I also would just say, I mean, I know you're you you feel like it was a bad day for the tour, and they're they have to be not too thrilled down at the global home, but it was not a great day for Saudi Arabia. Uh, I mean, Richard Blumenthal was very eloquent. Again, his tone was. Uh, uh, that came from somebody who has been a little bit in on the inside of this, having been lobbied, having a tournament in his state, having attended the tournament, having attended meetings for the tour, and then having to deal with this flip, uh, and having a track record that he noted when, uh, Senator Paul Rand Paul kind of called out his colleagues for not supporting some of his questioning of Saudi Arabia and reminding him that he voted for some of those bills. And uh so you know he he came off as somebody who was level headed and the and his prepared remarks and the and then the having the 9-11 families there in the little pin. It w- it was a bad day for for them um because it's quite clear that these senators uh it's a bipartisan situation on that front and we don't have a lot of those right now. So would you mm-hmm. have you know, uh, John, Ron Johnson starts the hearing just just flipping through the pages of these documents that are redacted that we need answers on. Of course, then he flips and goes, well, it's too early to question the deal. And
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, Ron, well, you, you have questions <laughs> on a really serious matter and it's kind of related to this in some ways. And so that was embarrassing. But um, so I thought it was a bad day for them. And obviously it was a rough hearing, which we kind of knew for, for, for Jimmy Dunn. I guess he was better than the Golf Channel appearance, but uh, I thought Ron Price acquitted himself fine in a tough situation. And, um, you know, most of the, the senators had some interesting moments, but uh, some awful ones. But that's how those those grandstanding things work. Uh, that's very typical for our, our Senate hearings. And and then, of course, the, the uh, I mean, have you ever seen the movie Quiz Show? You know, all the stuff they do about... <clears throat> joking about I left you in that bunker back on the 15th hole. Oh, ha ha ha. Yeah. As soon as the hearing ended, they all go up and they're shaking hands. it's like, oh yeah, we put on the show. And and that was weird as well. But um so that's my main yeah I would just say that I thought this was not an ideal day for uh the PIF in Saudi Arabia either. It's it's pretty I thought they did a nice job connecting uh that 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 Senator Blumenthal, no matter how you feel politically, was was able if somebody watched to tap into feelings of, Hey, this is an American iconic sport and creation, uh, the PGA tour and, um, foreign investment in this way to sport wash is a problem and we're going to look at it. And, uh, I thought he, I thought he explained that well, because some people, as you know, have trouble
1: grasping that element. The, um, I guess I would start with, uh, with Jimmy Dunn, who I thought was just awful, um, as expected, I, I guess. Um, of course, he's a he's a big figure in the world of finance, corporate finance in America. I guess he's got a great record. He actually has a very admirable record with respect. Uh, you know, leaving this stuff aside, with respect to the nine eleven, uh, he was the head of Cantor Fitzgerald, which lost two hundred people in nine eleven, and uh, he committed the firm to paying. For the college tuition of every single uh, kid who um, who lost a, a a parent in in that tragedy, uh, so you know, Dunn Dun has a you know to a certain extent a, a good record, but he is obviously up to his neck, and he's one of the two principal negotiators on the PGA Tour side. Um, but he he kind of got straight into it, with it. he was trying trying to almost disown the framework agreement that he 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 helped rat, draft. Uh, he complained about how. Uh, how it wasn't an actual, it was, it was never a merger. I remember when the, the text that morning, it happened, uh, PGA Tour and Live Golf to Merge. I thought it was, like everybody else, I thought it was a complete joke. Um, and here and he is done, you know, a couple of months later, saying, yeah, actually, it's, it was never a merger. Uh, people misinterpreted it. Uh, it's, it was essentially, he, he, he tried to portray this uh, framework agreement as simply an agreement to cease, uh, all legal proceedings and everything else was to be decided. Well, that's not how it was rolled out at the time. Uh, it was not how it was interpreted by the, interpreted by the PGA Tour, by by PIF, uh, by everybody who read this document. But it seems like, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, Jimmy Dunn suddenly realised that this uh, framework agreement is a is a is a hostage to fortune. It's a dog's breakfast. Um, it's indefensible. And lo and behold, he's now denying it is what it is, which I thought was uh, one of his many, uh, I wouldn't call it a gaffe, but it was some of one of the many curious things he came away with.
0: Well, he did imply that he's now not part of the negotiation. Um, so I thought that was interesting that he was and now isn't. So I'm not sure why he was willing to testify uh, because he noted a few things that he was not in on uh where they are currently but yeah the impression he gave uh i think was unfortunate in that he uh, has implied that he sort of instituted this discussion with uh the PIF, and and then the documents show that somebody else did actually and came to him but he did ultimately sort of take on this assignment for the tour in the name of, of, uh, bringing everybody back together. But then he also had this kind of creepy mob like thing where he talked about going to the guy with the money
1: uh, and <laughs> telling
0: Jay Monahan, you gotta go to the guy. That's how it works. And then the ghost, you go to the, guy with the money. And it was just, I didn't mind. That was not a Jimmy impersonation. It was more of a sleazy mob boss, but that was strange, uh, really strange. And, and, and there was a brutal moment for him that I haven't seen much of the coverage, but, when he was uh, uh, pressed on the 9-11 element by Senator Blumenthal um, and, and, and also kind of teed up by Senator Johnson on that. The, uh, at one point though, he, he was talking and out over his shoulder and the camera cut, you know, good, good on the director, whoever had control of the, of the setting. Uh, uh, and one of the 9-11 family members just walked right up and laid a, stack of the packet of documents of of redacted material in front of Jimmy while he was answering the question, which the person probably could have been tackled by a Capitol police officer if he weren't in the, in the pin there, I guess, which I don't know what you'd call that arena uh, area that those people had passed muster, but the obvious uh, implication of that move by that young man uh, was you've been ignoring us. You have not wanted to read the things we have here. And F you, I'm going to bring this right up to you uh, in the hearing. And that was, um, that was, that was not, that was not a good one for, for Jimmy. Cause that's the only way I can read that, that he's just, he's just uh, declined to meet with them. And and he did say on the record that he would meet with them uh, when, when asked by the senators. So uh, yeah. And then he just had some awful, awful stuff about the, you know, his dad's most, uh, three most important uh pieces of advice you know go to a good school marry the right woman and get good enough at golf so you're not nervous on the first tee i mean oy vey that was that was <laughs> like hey this is because there's a creep factor here that's just uh and oh, that stuff these guys dig it out of the ground and they're gutty and ron johnson yeah that's what golfers are and um yeah it was um that was that was really I, I guess kind of predictable and then the other thing one other thing on just uh jimmy that was is just weird to me um is the lawyer bashing and and kind of on this wavelength of that this is all really the fault we had to just do this because the lawyers were the only ones who were going to be making any money i'm not quoting him directly by the way this is a paraphrasing but he made multiple little little jabs at at the lawyers and and um and I just, I just take offense at the notion that the legal fees, and uh, and and this is not as somebody who's a budding lawyer or something or wannabe lawyer, but the idea that the legal fees were the, the 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 reason they had to do this financially is just laughable. When you know the amount of money that was put into the the pip, the amount of money that was put into purses to raise them from eight to twenty million, I mean that just doesn't take a lot of math. If there's 10 events that went from that number there was 120 million probably right there the tour just siphoned away and um so this idea of of implying we had to do all this and get this going and stop make letting the lawyers be the only winners is kind of i thought was a little silly i mean i'm sure the fees are high and i'm sure they've spent a lot but they've spent a lot more on trying to make sure that uh certain players didn't leave and guys who who don't move any needle at all. But, um, so that was, that was a strange element. I would love to know
1: how that goes over with his friend, uh, Ed Hurley. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, I, I think I saw an estimate somewhere, uh, that the legal fees would come to about 50 million, which is not insignificant. Right. That's what 50 million that he, uh, Yeah. but That but, was the reason uh, he
0: claimed that this happened, uh, to the players. And it's like, well, wait, that's a, that's a, that's a drop compared to what you've spent on all these other things.
1: And, and just to address uh, Jimmy Dunn's point that, that we, we have all somehow misinterpreted what this agreement was, uh, you know, let it be noted that uh, obviously Jay did the launch press thing on CNBC. But after that, Jimmy Dunn was the man carrying the water in public for this deal. So he had ample opportunity. Um, and those uh, early media appearances on the Golf Channel, seeing wherever he was, he was everywhere. For seemed like he was everywhere for a couple of days. He had ample opportunities to set the record straight as to what this frame, framework agreement is or was, and at no time did he say, "Oh, this is just a this is just something to do with legal fees." So again, that suggests to me that his story has changed. Yeah, it's the story. And also on, that sorry. there
0: weren't a lot of details. And when, and these documents reveal that, no, actually there a lot of things were thrown out and they were a little farther along <laughs> than he, than, uh, all parties, uh, implied in terms of, uh, thoughts. I don't think any of them are very good, but they, some of them are at least trying to get somewhere to some concept of where these two entities would, how they'd work together. But they imply that, uh, yeah, it's just so obvious. They just wanted that lawsuit to go away, both sides. Uh,
1: that was the only thing they really, truly cared cared about initially. Well, again, that was not how it was p- portrayed at the time. It, obviously, when the framework was was published, it was, well, this is a kind of bare bones, but it does sketch out a future for golf. Well, if that's what it was, that's what, but it, this, he's now saying that that wasn't that whatsoever. And the fact that you and I and the rest of the world I believed it to be what they were saying at the time. Well, that's our fault. Yeah. Well, it turns out, yeah, you know, uh, because really you, what you should have discerned from us was that it was only a, an agreement to end these legal, uh, these legal issues between the two sides. Yeah. So he, he, he kind of, his story has changed. Actually, his story changed a lot. Uh, we began. I think he said today again, just paraphrasing. We began the negotiations at our strongest point, but then five minutes later, huh. he's saying we were in, you know, we're in real trouble. You know, we're didn't, again paraphrasing, but we were under severe pressure uh, from PEP. Uh, you know, this money is unbeatable. Uh, well, it's either one or the other. Uh, you're either a, you're a, you either have a strong negotiating position or you're you're screwed by the money. Uh, you can't have both. So again, Jimmy was. Kind of all over the place, I thought, and that added to his overall, you know, three out of ten, uh, you know, performance in front of the the yeah. committee. Uh, the um the other thing that struck me, Jeff, was just the uh, you've kind of touched on it. The level of secrecy was astounding. I and I say that because when you read the documents and the emails and the WhatsApp messages, there was a lot of people in on this. I mean, the what you you know, the circle was not it wasn't three guys. It wasn't uh, Yasser and Jimmy and Ed Hurley. I mean, there was all sorts of people involved. Uh, lawyers, uh, a, I think uh, what's his name? I can't. Michael Klein. Yeah. His, his name comes up repeatedly yeah. and it is, uh, quite amazing that nothing leaked. I'm just astonished.
0: Yeah. It puts uh in perspective, which we knew was a shady, uh, story. And I'm not, I'm not, knocking the writers, but it was Alan Blinder and somebody else were fed a story in the New York Times detailing, you know, Jay's movements. And it was clearly in hindsight now a piece to show that Jay was uh, in in charge and in command of things. It was a plant piece that way. Again, I don't want to, you know, hey, if they're going to give you those details, you take them and you report them. But in hindsight now, when you see all these names involved in all this, it was not a three-man thing um but what you don't you know whose name you don't see on any of these is uh, Randall Stevenson who resigned over the weekend yeah obviously un- unhappy that he was not in the in the loop and obviously unhappy with the people involved and obviously unhappy that he wasn't asked to for his thoughts and it sounds like as somebody like him who's a former CEO of AT&T obviously very well connected individual uh why didn't we pursue some other options and build some leverage at the, at the very least have some leverage, but if if nothing else, pursue some people who are not involved in the things that Saudi Arabia has been involved in. So yes, um, this, this Michael Klein uh, really makes some uh, embarrassing appearances in emails and making some ridiculous comments seems to be sort of the strategic emergency uh, PR combination platter person. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be, uh, he's going to have seeing, I don't know if CNBC is going to be his biggest fan now after he, 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 uh, tells him on the rollout, you know, uh, I'm told definitively we can have a brief softball segment with someone like Becky quick on CNBC who handles Buffett. uh uh, jay you have a call on line one from warren buffett you want me to send it (laughs) to voicemail (laughs) uh and, and but you know what bothered me more and that everybody seized on that one on on social media but this klein writes the press teams feel strongly we need to set the narrative of a true relationship and not uh, to re- t- reluctant combatants settling litigation. Uh, <laughs> whoops, failure. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody saw through that one right at the beginning. So nice try, though. Uh, uh, and now we know it was a staged uh, thing.
1: The other thing that struck me is just uh, you know, for instance, the emergence of this random British businessman, Roger Devlin. Uh, you, you know, he appears to have been one of the early yeah c- conduits early between one. both sides. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Staveley, I think we sp- there was a Story yes. in the Daily Mail about a month ago. We talked about it on here. she was also involved. She's some the Saudis' favorite British businesswoman, whatever. I don't know. She's the CEO of Newcastle United, which is listeners to this podcast will know it, is owned by the uh, by the PIF. And um, you know the idea—it's just astonishing—the idea that Roger Devlin would somehow be in on something that Tiger Woods and Rory McElroy weren't. I mean, it's just—it's yeah, just it's amazing. And, I mean.
0: And who's Virginia Carell and all these other people. And, and I don't know what's going on with Jay's email, but it seems like every email, it could be the way they had to, they got the disclosure, but everything that, that uh, uh, Ron Price writes to him, he sends to the, the, the chief administrative offer who then sends it to Jay. So I don't know, if, I don't know what that's about, but so, yeah, there were all these people in on elements uh, beyond the, the the people that it was portrayed as uh, as being part of it but as you say Rory and Tiger out of the loop the the other the, the I mean they're just making decisions in this at least in their objectives for, for the world ranking uh, group the International Golf Federation uh, the the other major championships which just implies that really it's all been it's all a bunch of baloney and they really are it really is an antitrust situation and a and a and collusion situation, and uh, uh, everything we kind of assumed about the five families is 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 pretty much true, and <laughs> maybe even worse than we we thought. Um, the, so, and the, then we're giving out and we're doling out memberships on behalf of Augusta National and well, RNA as part of this. That, to I uh, was good to he. Uh, it's now he, uh, Lawrence. It's not his Excellency in the emails. It's just
1: he. Uh, the, uh, I was going to come to that, but I, before, i had a little bit of karmic, uh, the, the, the universal karma. Uh, today, while uh, Ron Price and uh, Jimmy Dunn are you know, being humiliated in front, well, not Ron Price, but Jimmy, certainly Jimmy Dunn and the PG2 are being humiliated in front of the world. Uh, the players, well, a couple of players at least, uh, I, I noticed on social media, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are playing North Berwick. So there you go, the world is, you know, the world has its... Uh, yeah, you know, good for them. They're having a yeah, great time. At, good at for North, them, yeah. uh, well, uh, yeah, These guys are around in... the
0: Renaissance Club, so yeah, yeah
1: good yeah. idea. Yeah, the uh, the other, uh, just more details from the from the documents, uh, there's a, this amazing, you, you just referred to it there, this amazing best of both worlds uh, list, in which I, I, it's difficult to discern who's actually contributing. I'm assuming it comes from both sides. Uh, one side would say, I want X, and the other side would say, well, yeah, sure, we'll we'll try and accommodate that. Um, which uh, so this I mean uh, well the, you, you raised it that Yasser will get membership of uh, Augusta National Golf Club and the RNA as part of this agreement I mean that, that goes that proves the point this is really not about the players or golf or the You're golf right. fans it's about Yasser getting his dream fulfilling his dream yeah. of becoming a member of Augusta National I, I don't know about I don't know much about the Augusta national membership procedures but certainly the RNA. I mean it's fraught. I mean you're, it's not a place you just kind of walk into. Uh, I've got a couple of pals who are currently uh, you know trying to navigate that world. God knows why you want to be a member of the RNA anyway, but there you go. Uh, and you get you know you've gotta collect your name goes in the book. If you can get in the book, uh, then you've got to collect some letters and support and uh, and the, all along this you know three, four five year procedure there might be somebody who doesn't like the cut of your jib and and they can yep. just say no and then, that's it. it's over. But lo and behold, Yasser won't have to go through that torture, I. According to this. Well, um, this is it was an objective. I don't know if he it'll well, follow through. But you know, yeah, it's a well, dream. This, this Roger Devlin character, uh, who, you know, who appears to be, um, he's been the CEO of a couple of betting companies in the UK. He's, he was also on the championship committee of the R&A, so presumably. He'll be an r member. He, you know, I guess yes, he'll be the one that's one that of the emails, in. I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he'll have chipped in with, oh, yes, don't worry, I'll, I'll fix that up. I guess yeah. Jimmy Dunn will be, uh, he'll be the point man in Augusta National, won't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be the thinking, I assume, in, in why they threw these things out there. But it's just amazing that in this process, that was something that was so vital to them. And then, of course, you could see the PGA Tour's primary focus was getting Greg Norman fired. So, <laughs> <laughs> Again, I it just, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I get you have to address it, but they, there
1: is a lot of correspondence over that topic. Uh, there is, uh, there's a couple of draft letters. There's a, it seems, looks like the PGA Tour have asked and the Saudis have said, well, and then they've gone back seeking reassurance and a timetable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, they've certainly got an obsession with uh, Greg Norman. Um The other thing from the, uh well, we've, you know, in this new landscape, uh, you know, the best of both worlds landscape it would be uh, Rory and Tiger would be te- captains of live teams would be one, you know, one of the things. Yeah. And they would, they would both play in t- 10 events. I bet Tiger was pleased to hear that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> laughable, um, laughable. Oh,
0: and live golfers would get back in all the majors. Apparently uh, the tour gets full say on that in their in their little world here, uh, whoever was crafting these thoughts. Um, just to it's just breathtaking. You know, so the presumptuousness, uh,
1: the, and then there's uh, the, the
0: blatant up. attempts to integrate the Saudi Arabia into the PGA tour sponsorship model and all that. So it's, it's well, all the washing. With,
1: yeah. With, uh, yeah, this is a heavy duty. This is a heavy duty uh, wash. This one is uh, yeah. two PGA tour events to be branded at Aramco. I think you and I with great foresight, you know, probably suggested that the, the LPGA Tour model would somehow be slipped onto the PGA Tour if uh, all things had been equal. The big one, another big one was uh, they wanted a live team event to rival the Ryder Cup and all singing, all dancing, you know, 16 teams have a televised draft and, you know, hopefully yeah. that will go better than the last televised draft um, for Live Golf. So, you, you know what? Uh, none of these things seem to be, uh, you know, uh, in the dream wish or in the bucket list of the PGA tour, these all seem to be uh live golf bucket list items. Uh, did you get a sense from the documents, Jeff, who was, who had the upper hand in these negotiations? Rolex. Rolex seems to be the most
0: important <laughs> person in the game since they were both on the call list from, for Jay and Keith Belly. Uh, I feel like Liv has the upper hand and I'm just, I'm perplexed why that is because of what we know and what happened in the court proceedings, the way things were going uh the way the the major championships were playing out and that oh yeah, Brooks Kepka won and that helped lives cause, but their players were are slowly losing relevance in terms of stature um the the number of victories I mean the the the, the victory of having, his excellency have to testify was massive uh, or to be deposed and the documents. And so I'm trying to understand why uh, live ha- felt, uh, and the PIF had such an upper hand at this point. And, uh, obviously there must be something in the, in the finance. I mean, Jimmy claimed today that it was not uh, finances related with the tour at one point. I need to see that quote again in the transcript, but I, I I'm not buying that one. Um, so I I'm I'm perplexed at who had why they had
1: uh, such a uh, seemingly an upper hand. Uh, the the um, uh, one of the other revelations came from Ron Price. Who, by the way, I, I I I was pretty impressed. But I mean, certainly in context, I'm not saying I'm impressed with him overall. But in context, I thought he did pretty well. I got distinct uh, Tim Fincham uh, vibes from him. He seemed like a chip off that particular block. Uh, which which is to say. Pretty on message, pretty uh, fierce in w- what he believed, um, but you, you, possibly a bit more personable than than, than Fincham. But one of the th- than Fincham, one of the things he uh, revealed is that the Saudi investment. He was pressed on this. The Saudi investment would be a north of one billion. That seemed like a low figure to me, wouldn't it? Uh, clearly. Yeah. And there's some numbers thrown about in the documents of other
0: examples. And yeah, I don't think he uh, wanted to give the number. I don't think they'll ever give the number or the real number unless they're, unless it turns up in another document dump. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be closer to to 10 billion all in with different, different kinds of investment. And, uh, I mean, look, if he wants memberships is his excellency wants memberships at Augusta and the RNA, uh, he's going to want to buy Pebble Beach, or he's going to want to buy something um, significant, and uh, which is once again the reason you have this hearing today, because uh, that's just 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 not what we need—is them going and buying uh, incredible properties uh, either. But they are an investment fund, so they they need to actually invest in tangible things at some point, I would think. But. Um, Quite a, I I would agree. I thought Ron Price was excellent. It makes you wonder why he hasn't been allowed to be out front a little bit more. I think it's kind of our, our idolatry of the, of the, the leader uh, situation in our world now, be, you know, because he looked like he's way more capable of staying on message uh, and more disciplined than, than Jay's been. And which has caused him nothing but problems. Uh, the only time he was, odd was i think he could have put josh hall holly out of his misery on the china thing um and he he could not rule out that they would never want to do business there again which i think speaks to why they're in this mess that they're in they 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 just they just can't ever rule out the possibility if somebody's got money and they want to sponsor a tournament well we got to listen to them and um, or it may have just been that he's got some skeletons there in terms of the Finchamera because it really was the Fincham that pursued China so aggressively. And if Josh Hawley had done 20 minutes of research, he would have found this out, that that the end of PGA Tour China was was not the smoking gun. It was the behavior back in the early 2000s in, in, in pursuit of China's money and, and signing a deal with the government. He had some idea of that, but not entirely and ron just wouldn't put that one away which was is probably his only i thought uh oh and he did tell us there are two tasks for task forces running right now <laughs> no, is i'm sorting more things out so uh they love their task forces
1: the uh i guess we should come to uh performance reviews i mean who who did well we've touched on it a lot but jeff but who who do you think did did well uh, in terms of uh the well hearing? in terms of um in, uh, as an inquisitor uh, and as a you know somebody well there's, there was only two witnesses uh, you know we've already I guess we, we both agree that that price did pretty well Jimmy Dunn was uh, pretty poor I mean anybody else stand out one way or the other for you? Uh, well, I thought Senator Blumenthal again kept it moving. He didn't
0: you know he gave his opening remarks. Uh, but I mean you know I, 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 there's nothing worse when they have these hearings and then the and they they do what Rand Paul did and just give just give a speech and don't ask any questions. Uh so I thought he did very well on that front in terms of giving his views and um and and again the tone was right and it was smart and it got to the the crux of the the issue in terms of their oversight and I never I didn't feel like he strayed too far. Um Senator Johnson implied that that it was uh really wrong of him to imply this might have it might be a nefarious deal because the deal's not done yet and so well they're the ones who rolled it out (laughs) so they put it out there and uh it is absolutely uh worth in fact there couldn't be a better time to be questioning it before they ink anything and uh so yeah i would say that that he uh he, he had a a good day. Uh, he, I saw he made the rounds and did a few more uh, interviews. So he's, but, but I, I, you know, at least he had a case where he was discussing his home state and his connection to that tournament and the uh, recent lobbying effort and going, uh, what happened here? <laughs> you flip because, yeah. you know, sometimes in these things, it's just, you just, these people just pop in for their publicity. And, uh like rick scott who came in and did his his uh you know his (laughs) senator gary impersonation from the godfather of yeah i love the italian american people and i gotta go i gotta go i gotta be somewhere else uh but he got in a few licks about yeah it's too early to be uh looking at this and uh, i gotta go so that that's always embarrassing but um yeah so it was i think it was a productive hearing in the sense that um it, it, it's just probably highlighted how far away this thing is and how many issues there are and what the real priorities were, which is uh normalizing his excellency and and the person he works for
1: the um I was just a quick word uh, for uh, I think it's a senator marshall from Kansas A shout out for uh oh, Gary woodland, for Kansas's own Gary woodland and Hunter Biden. I mean Jesus I mean, yeah pretty, yeah why are we investigating this? Uh uh well, we should be investigating Hunter Biden, my goodness. And and the cocaine found at the White House, my goodness. Oh, yeah, uh, that was are,
0: rough. And and yeah. and and I, you know, again, I didn't I don't begrudge Josh Holly for wanting to look back into the the past and question the tour's uh interest in China, but he just golly, get get do a little more work, man. That's just embarrassing because he's uh he's he's uh too smart of a person to be that uh just to bungle it that badly,
1: yeah. Uh, Yale and Harvard, I think. Uh, Josh Holly would be the, there. You go, uh, yeah. I, I guess these these centers get, I think it's two million a year for, uh, to pay for staff. Uh, well, I'm sure you could have hired somebody who would have might have found out that PGA Tour China is no longer uh alive and kicking. The um, I guess, uh, Jeff, my overall um take from this is a, it's this is just a mess isn't it? this is uh yeah a, to me this looks like the end and they stuck well it's already on un- it's obviously already unraveled but this looks like the death knell of this um this agreement or whatever it is between uh, the pj tour and piff i mean it's hard to see how they can breathe life back into this thing and uh, the, the detail is so sketchy and uh, nobody knows what what it was what it is and what it will be uh there's quite a lot of public opposition now. The players are dead against it. Uh, there's disarray in the leadership of the PGA Tour. Uh, I, I guess the only hope is that I'm convinced that uh, the, Saudi, the Saudis have zero interest in running golf tours. They know that they're no good at it. It's uh, mm. time-consuming and not very uh, productive in the sense of not, they're getting very little return for their investment. That might be the only thing. But it looks looks to be dead. I mean, the PGA Tour is going to have to go somewhere else, isn't it? Oh, I don't think so. I, I think they'll they'll
0: do something to buy some time, uh, and that that would probably be the best thing to to uh, uh, come to an agreement, a framework agreement on the framework agreement uh, that they need more time and they maybe should do some temporary things. And um, but I think that Senator Blumenthal's questions about seeking out a partner that's not Saudi Arabia why why that didn't happen and I, I I feel like after today that's gonna that's gonna come up more um and uh, you look at some of the people involved and you look at also the struggle in these these documents there's they're very far apart on on a, a thing that to me is is probably the no-brainer, uh, for for the Saudis, which is the the franchise situation and creation of franchises, and the PGA Tour still seems to really be struggling with that. And I think this is where you you wonder what the heck are you thinking? Like, do you do any brainstorming down there? So they seem very far apart on that. And that's the only place where you're creating some some value, and and you're getting some other people maybe involved to take the spotlight off of the Saudi Arabia element. And whether it's whether it's corporations and sponsors you know classic sponsorship of teams or it's rich guys uh I mean you can see who, who who where the standing is in the game uh by the pecking order of the the call list for Keith Pelly that you know it's Rolex then it's DP then it's Johann Rupert then it's Dr moonjall which is a big victory for him to be fourth on the list and then Martin slumbers <laughs> and then uh, you know on J side RBC's ahead of RBC is ahead of the broadcast partners. I mean, you have to think when Brian Roberts at Comcast, Sean McManus at CBS has shown these documents today, the steam out of their ears, you know, we're the ones writing you these massive checks. We're your number one partner. Okay. And we're down here uh, below the, you know, RBC and FedEx and the golf orgs. And then of course, Tiger and Rory are at the top of Jay's list. And we find out they didn't get a call. So I think you're going to have some warring, angry people here to sort through. Uh, and maybe it's not the end of the world if it falls apart and they just say, look, we're going to, we got to start over again. and you know what? They'll, they'll be fine with that. Cause they got the lawsuit thrown out and that's without prejudice. That's what they all wanted. And then they can buy time and just let the tours function as they are and agree. They'll stop poaching players on one side and on the other, they'll, you know, they'll throw them a bone and, uh, and they'll just kind of let this calm down, would be my guess.
1: The uh, I'm not sure what the incentive is for the Saudis to call a truce on poaching players because, from their perspective, there, again, it was admitted today. If they're looking at the PGA tour, this current this reconstituted PGA tour schedule uh, is, is too expensive for the PGA tour to run, right? Um, so I mean, that's that, that can only go for a limited amount of time. So, sorry, go on. You, well, I was gonna you, say,
0: there may be an infusion of cash in the short term. Uh, some form of small investment that uh, allows them to, to, if it helps, buy the time to mm-hmm. to stretch it out. Uh, I could see that happening. I mean, that may have already I'm, happened. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious about that. And it's uh, has it even has it already happened, or do they buy do they buy the uh, second global home building that's being built? I don't know. I and mean, you know, <laughs> I, I could see some form of that to to stretch it out and let things get quieter and calm down. That's the part of this. They just need to get this out of the news. It's not working well for them. <laughs> Every time this is in the news, it seems like it gets worse. And I mean, even Jimmy John talked uh, about that today, that uh, there's a point where this is just going to really annoy people. And, and, and I don't remember his exact wording, but the gist was, I was nodding my head like, yes, you're right, Jimmy. <laughs> there's a
1: point where people are um, not, I just going to be really tired of you guys. The uh, yeah, as I say, I, I i i find it hard to see a way that the PG Tour can tunnel itself out of this problem. It's a, it's a complete uh, well, premise.
0: one way is they just they have to clean house. That That's the first one is uh, they they go, well, we got to get to change in leadership, so that buys us time. Uh, this they they made too many mistakes. The players have voted where we want to change. I mean, there could be that's one option. Um, so I i i mean, did I you know, yeah, I just go back to the Randall Stevenson thing that that what's the point of having this board and, and, a, and a former CEO who was on it for 12 years who might have some, yeah, he sat through his share of boring meetings. He sponsored two tour events. I think, um, I mean, I'm, I don't think he's the most exciting guy in the world, but I bet he has some, I think he has some wisdom and to have just shut him out. has just gotta be
1: uh, infuriating to him. And uh, that's not a good look. Yeah. The um, anyway, it will be. Uh, I guess we, we should leave it at that. It's um, anyway. I've a a, just a stunning morning. I thought. Well, uh, yeah. And
0: I would just say I, I'd go back to the not to to yeah, but the piece I wrote. I I just said you know you, you you've got to start from a place of um, a vision for what you want, and it should start with the majors being the thing that the years built around, and then you kind of go from there, and you go from what the broadcast partners are going to tell you where things are going with media because there is an opportunity to blow up deals. And yeah, what? I'm not into, I'm not excited about Saudi Arabia, so don't get me wrong, but they are at a point where it's clear that the current structure of their media deal is not going to work. And they even notice that and note that in there, they, they, they're going to have to negotiate again with Comcast. They left out Viacom, which will make them thrilled, but <clears throat> there is an opportunity to kind of reset things in a smart way, but my God, you've got to bring those people in. They keep, I mean, they are so low on their priority list and it's just, it's stunning to me. And and they don't have all the answers. I'm not saying that, but they've got to be livid. Like, what is the deal with you guys? And maybe they have no way out of the deal now. So they just don't care what the networks think, but there's some, there's some smart folks there who will we'll tell you, this is where we're headed, but, or maybe nobody knows the answer. That's part of the problem too. Um, but my God, I mean, the last weekend you had three golf tournaments going on at the same time. Um, so in terms of an actual delivering and to use their terms, delivery of a product, these people stink at it. Yeah. They yeah. stink at it and they, they don't, they have all these meetings. Like how have you not mapped out a better way to do this so that the iconic events are on their own and, and you know why is Live finishing on a Sunday at the same time as the tour? I mean that's a different situation because the tour had no control. So anyway, my point is there is a chance to to rethink some things. And um, I but I don't see the brain power in these documents. Just make it even more confounding at uh, what the vision is. I mean we've and we've been on that a while. I mean what is the vision? Yeah, uh, um, it's to protect their own asses and make more money for themselves and get their buddies and. Uh, uh, be able to say in the name drop where they played golf it's and 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 to keep
1: rolex happy the you keep you keep on going on about these watches yeah I. I well, they're number one
0: on the keith pelly's list so ahead of the the company that's the title sponsor of his tour
1: <laughs> the um uh, yeah i fail to see where the infusion of cash is coming from because i think uh, Ari Emanuel's alluded recently to i think he had reached out and he seems to well again alluded i use that word uh, in a vague sense but uh, he, I, I think his offer was, if if there was an offer, wasn't um, wasn't you know gratefully received. Uh, the, the obvious way to plow back money is to get rid of some assets, like the TPC network. Rory's a part owner of Troon Golf. Maybe they could, he could use his influence, and Troon Bro. Golf could buy the. Uh, Rory McIlroy owns a he part is? of Troon Golf. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, through Symphony Ventures. Um, hmm. The other way is to reduce to take uh, prize money back to what it was pre this uh, these uh, elevated events, but yeah. I, I'm guessing the players won't won't go go for that. As I say, it's a it's a mess and it's hard, certainly hard for me. I'm not a visionary, but it's hard for me to see a way that they tunnel themselves out of this. What an absolute yeah. fucking mess, as Tiger mess. would say in his talking yeah. points. <laughs> um, anyway, we will leave it at that, Jeff. Not, not unless you, you have anything else to add. No, no, I think yeah. that, that about
0: covers it. It's, it's, yeah. it is a mess. And, uh, the, uh but, we, but, but if you need a softball interview, get, get to Becky quick and, uh, cause she handles Buffett. Uh,
1: yeah. The, uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, Jeff, was the, uh, uh, the women's open finished on Sunday. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my, I did have tickets, but they were stolen from me by, uh, another golfer in our house uh, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching it on Sunday afternoon. I had a great time. I uh, wasn't particularly excited then because Alison Corpus played so well, but I got real, a real thrill from watching the way she played the back nine a pebble. I got a real thrill from Charlie Hull. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, talk about aggressive golf. Uh, the phrase will go down in infamy. Uh, shy kids don't get sweets, which means you know nothing ventured, nothing gained. They give it an American translation. Charlie Hill's fantastic, by the way. She really is salt of the earth, great athlete. I actually saw her at, um I saw her at uh, Sunningdale when we were over, and she she was playing with a couple of uh, p- pals of mine. And my goodness, uh, what a what a player, and just you know, brilliant. I mean, I want to phrase this the right way. A real proper athlete. She looks like a real athlete. So, and it was great to see her contend and and kind of really go for it. She wasn't playing for second place. So I really, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, the reports from the ground, from my spy there, I uh, said there was uh, lots of people there. He loved it. He, uh, What, Jeff, there's something about, uh, I'm not saying, you know, he's a special, he's just a kid who loves golf. And he, I think it's great, this current generation, they don't see men's golf and women's golf now. They just see golf. Yeah, you know, which is uh, I I think that's just really cool, and I hope that's the way uh, you know that that we go forward and we just see it like that. And it's certainly, he he really enjoyed. He took his pal, and they uh, they they loved our day at the US. Uh, the Women's open. Uh, Pebble looked great as well. Uh, did you any? Uh, did you watch? Did you watch Sunday? Or did you yeah, watch I thought World it
0: was. <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was it was super. I mean, the only bummer was that um, they didn't get a few of the <clears throat> the top five players in the world and contention there at the very end, Uh, that would have been nice. And th- this parity issue is uh, in this 20 of the last 21 majors by a first time major winner is, is uh, shocking, but I think it's kind of where we're headed with the combination of, of uh, the equipment and the, how well-prepared players are when they come out of college. I think the men have been uh, showing that sign of late, and, and now the women we're seeing where women's college golf's gotten more competitive and, and you're seeing more players go through that. uh, I hate the word system and, and be prepared to go when they're, when they turn pro. I don't think that was always the case with women's college golf. A lot of the very best women just turn pro out of high school or after a year or two of, of uh, being out of high school. And that's a big change. Thankfully, uh, so I thought the course looked great. I thought the setup was was mixed. There were some issues that that were difficult for the USGA because they want to present a US Open course. They want to present it like they did for the men. But they also, if they try to take advantage of the width like us uh, architecture geeks would like to see, then they're accused of of going soft on the women. So... Uh, it's a tough situation because I felt like they really messed up a couple of holes with bad fairway lines, and the numbers kind of uh, bear that out. and And, and the eleventh being the one that was just brutal to look at. And Andy Johnson wrote about it, and I wrote a little bit about the width thing. So that was that was a bummer. But but the telecast, the I mean, it just shows you when when you don't have so many commercial interruptions, how much better the storytelling is, the visuals, the job they did was was fantastic.
1: Oh, you're, well, you're slagging off Rolex on one hand and lo and behold, Rolex gave you that. Well, that was Rolex. the last hour,
0: but before yeah. that, uh, it wasn't just them. That was just the last, <clears throat> that was just the last hour, but I'm saying the whole weekend, um, just a lighter inventory, you no, know, make good ads. And, and, uh, I don't know what went on there, but it was a great telecast, uh, in that sense. And, um, um, you know, I felt like they, 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 they got the golf course to a point where they had to be careful because the forecast had sun and wind and then it happened and it got a little crispier on the weekend and it, it, it's helped separate the field. So, uh, they got a good rating, uh, highest since uh, 2014. And I mean, they were, and that was with them being on a lot of hours. So I haven't seen the specifics on the numbers, how that played out, but if that number is the average over the number of hours they were on, they got a really good audience. Um, it will look like a small number. You know, they used to get fours and fives back in the the eighties and nineties, but it's things have changed and they they were probably on two hours back then, maybe two and a half, uh, three. So, What were they on on the weekend? Six or seven, I think. um, So that's hard to sustain that big of an audience over time. So that's, so I think it worked in all those regards only, you know, late in the day, Saturday and Friday, that 18th grandstand was not full. Yeah. Well, you're finishing that late. People just go, I got to go to dinner. Like this is, this is too late.
1: Uh, just on the question of parity, I mean, it's great in one way, but uh, you could sense it, uh, this d- absolute desperate urge to to hang on to Rose Zhang and, you know, the new tiger. Is she going to be, y- y- yeah. you know, so there is a, a real appetite for somebody like that. Um, and I guess from a marketing point of view, I mean, it shouldn't be reduced to marketing, but from a marketing point of view, that's pretty understandable, isn't it? Because parity, you know, lots of stars means no stars. Well, is it lots of stars or just a lot of really good players? Well, well, lots of really good t- players means no stars. which Yeah,
0: and know. it's a problem for the game, and you know how I feel. I feel like the equipment's a big part of that. Some things you can't control, uh, the better training, the better uh, college golf system, uh, uh, national teams, all that stuff that's gone on, you can't control that, but you can't control the equipment, and there's definitely a feeling that the equipment – elevates a very fine player to uh, and, and maybe takes away some of the advantage of somebody who's really exceptional. And it's, I had a conversation at the U S open about this and they, they just don't, I mean, Rory, that's what ultimately where Rory has bought into the rollback is yeah. somehow that finally got through to him. I don't know how, but he finally realized, holy cow, there's some people that are getting uh, and, and elevated that, that are, they're fine people and fine players, but they're not as good as those super elites and and tiger as we've discussed many times isn't that, yeah he's never made that case because he'll just come off as a jerk if you do and rory has been artful in the way he's described it too because that's what people will go oh, he's being selfish uh and uh yeah i don't blame them if they want that um does tiger win more majors without some of this equi- i mean you know, b- besides all the changes he had to in equipment from the time he was a junior golfer to the time to, to now are just stunning. And that's, uh, the adjustments he and Phil have made, you know, are just staggering what they've yeah. done to, to remain relevant compared to what the equipment was when they started. Whereas yeah, a lot of the guys now are, or women, if you put them in the stuff from 20 years ago, they'd, they, they'd have a lot of trouble and, um, so it's 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 just something the governing body's just that, and the safety issue, and the pursuit of speed; those elements of the equipment debate they just don't really like for some reason. Um, and I think they're just as important as as the, the architecture issue.
1: The um, the one thing I did take from the weekend, you've know, seen Rose Zhang in the context of a major championship. I wonder if she, you know, we've all got really high hopes for her. And she's seen her a lot of times playing college golf, and she's just brilliant. And, you know, in her own way, unique way, she's got a really interesting personality, I think. Um, But I wonder, looking at her in the context of that event, I don't think, you know, she is not, I don't think, I think people are investing far too much in her. uh, A, simply because of the landscape of modern golf, but also I'm not sure she's got enough power to really dominate women's golf uh, and major championship golf in the way that many people hope that she would. Well,
0: and that would be sad to me because I think if you, you should be able to, if you can play well, you should be able to do it a lot of different ways. Uh, and I, I mean, obviously we don't want it. We want, we want long hitters who who can hit it where they want to hit it <laughs> accurately to be rewarded. But we also want people who can get the ball in the whole different ways to feel like they compete and i i'm not i think it's too early and uh we'll see but it is something to watch for i thought that uh, one of the highlights of the week was was mel reed uh as a commentator they had a great on golf channel a great discussion on wednesday about michelle Wie's career and and kind of missed opportunities potentially and mel said she had spoken to her and without betraying any confidence she implied that uh that that you know there were mistakes made and she said I you know but she brought it forward to to Rosang and said we just are, we we just have got to stop this overhyping and putting all this pressure on a young player and that's in the women's game and yeah, the same thing's going on in the men's game now because for 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 the wrong reasons because of because of these marketing goons Um, uh, you know, got got to reach the demo. We got to get younger. We And, 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 you know, I, I just find it revolting because it's not a sport that you, they're just, it's rare when the person comes out and they're ready to go and they're ready to win majors that, that, that it, 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 for most normal people, it's going to, it takes time. Like Wyndham Clark this year, look at, look at the talent that guy's always had, but things happened. Life happened. Uh, I don't even think he had an injury element. He just had obviously losing his mom and different stuff. And and he's 29 is used to be the beginning of your peak years. And, um, I thought it was great that Mel brought that up and and really nailed that. I mean, that was it kind of left Paige McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, I was just sort of doing we don't that's like the kind of thing we talk about on <laughs> on TV. We hype the next young thing regardless of what it means. Yeah, and if it doesn't happen, who cares? That's not our problem, that's somebody else's problem. I'm not saying she said that, but that is generally what happens with these discussions. So, um, so we'll see. But um, I thought it was great that Mel brought it up and uh, you know,
1: Rose played. She played okay. She, you know, well, played. yeah, I think I think she. I can't remember top ten. She was there, there, yeah. thereabouts. Uh, actually, good point on Mel Reed. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hyping her up. I guess a lot of people are because uh, looking at the social media response, she was brilliant, refreshing, honest, authentic, incredibly yeah. articulate and bright. Um, so hopefully, you know, high hopes for her. I hope, hope she has a great continues to have a great career in golf. But if uh, as soon as she um, she wants to move into the media, she's going to be a, a, a yeah. superstar, yeah. An absolute superstar, and really, really excellent. Uh, you bring up, uh, I guess we should wrap this up, Jeff. We've been going on long enough. But you bring up Michelle Wee, um, who made her um, farewell. Well. <laughs> Our first farewell. We'll, yeah, she, we'll see. Uh, uh, finished her career with a hole in a thirty-foot putt on the uh, the thirty-sixth hole. She obviously missed a cut by miles. I think she finished what fifteen over. I can't, can't remember. Uh, that was really magical. I guess we'll, we'll come to her in a second. But uh, she was accompanied in her three ball by uh, by Annika um uh, who, lest anyone forgets, uh, showed up at the White House on January the seventh, two thousand and twenty-one to receive a bobble from the uh, chief insurrectionist, Donald Trump. Uh, I was never a fan of Sorumstam, but I certainly uh, was even less of a fan of her after that. She finished as well with uh, quite, I mean, what a way to go arguing with the rules official, uh, her husband uh, who was on the bag, a MAGA lunatic, Mike McGee, and she's a, oh, Sorumstam's a MAGA lunatic as well. Uh, quite the most, I mean, have you seen a worse drop than that in your life, Jeff? I would just, when you think of the goodbyes, like Jack Nicholas sitting on the fence,
0: looking out at the, the bay and pondering all the great moments at Pebble Beach. And yeah, it was, a, it was staged for a photo in a way. I mean, he knew the cameramen were taking pictures, but uh, what a contrast to the class and dignity <laughs> with which he went out. And then here she pumps one into the ocean, which anybody who's played pebble, myself included, I've very, been, been very lucky to have pumped one out into the ocean. And the thing that, Lawrence, is so difficult about that tee shot is that you have out of bounds right. So if the wind's at all off the left, there's that, Yeah, you, know, you could float one up and, and, and sneakily hit it out. But, but the really hard part is, you know, if you hit it in the water, you're dropping at the front of the tee unless you hit above a bubble Watson rope cut or you billy casper uh, hook that goes way out over over land and that's very hard to do now in the la- in and the men in the last 2019 open they hit it so far that there's one little a couple little inlets that they can they can you know cut the corner get over land and then roll into the into the water and a few did but not at annika's distance and it was just <laughs> what an embarrassment that, that that she made such a fuss about it that she acted so entitled and carried it on. And the rules official just realized, yeah, read the room like, well, you had a better view from the tea, Uh, So you dropped, but she was just aghast that she would drop it at this spot. And NBC had a replay. She might've covered land at the spot where she, the rules officials suggested. Um, it was, it was just kind of embarrassing and rude to her playing partners. And uh, thankfully we seem to be, Uh, used to it or taking it all in stride, and was up the fairway at a certain point and laughing. Went over to see her little girl, and her dad was there. And it just she and then she made a nice putt and went out in in style. So that was
1: that was cool. The uh, I loved it. Uh, as someone as an alumni of the 2003 uh Sony Open in Hawaii, I was there, Jeff. One of the few hacks who were there. That was Um, a big one. That was a big one. Uh, glad to see I was there. Also I returned to Hawaii a couple of years ago when she for her, uh, her first event as a pro she played in Hawaii as well um, got into trouble with Christina Kim over that but we'll draw a veil over that um the um, yeah it was great I've kind of followed like a, most people uh, followed a career over the years actually can I just have a quick t- t- we're talking about Michelle we let's turn it into it's all about me Jeff um yeah the if anybody who cares to go to the entry form for the uh, open championship. They will see a couple of paragraphs. I page paragraph 38 or what I can't remember. But uh it's a it's a couple of paragraphs that allow women to that say that women can play in the Open Championship. uh in the most convoluted way. I mean, your name has to finish with the letter Z, and all this not quite that, but it's quite funny. That is a that is a product of a conversation that I had with Peter Dawson in February two thousand and five. Uh, which I I like to say I trapped him into saying that women could play in the Open. But anyway, it was something along those lines. And lo and behold, he was forced to go to the, the championship committee because this is splashed all over the British media. Yeah. And he was forced to go to the championship committee and they had to rewrite the entry form. Oh. Uh, I, 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 you, I normally check. I haven't checked for a couple of years. I must check uh, to make sure it's still in there. They haven't snuck it out, uh, but it's there. And that's uh, all. it's there all because of Michelle Wee. Because at that time, Michelle uh, looked like she was going to make a real, a yeah. real mark, no, a, a, you know, a, decently, uh, a decent mark in, in the men's game. It didn't turn out like that for all sorts of reasons. But a really uh, interesting player, great player actually at one stage and an interesting personality. Um, and we kind of all grew up with Michelle Wee. I I didn't know the, our parents you know, our parents too well, Bo and BJ. Actually, I didn't know Bo at all. I don't think I ever even spoke to Bo. But BJ was always around and I always got on great with him. And people always, I, I, you know, they always kind of portray the, uh, Michelle Wee's parents as these awful, you know, driving this automaton, you know, these pushy parents. Mm-hmm. And Well, do you know what? Uh, here we are. Michelle Wee is, I don't know what age she is, maybe 32, 33, whatever it is. And, uh, she has won a major championship. Uh, she, she, uh, she made a lot of money. She graduated from Stanford. Um, and she seems to have a pretty well-rounded view of what's important in life at the you know, from, you know, from here on in, I, I think that's a pretty, a pretty good achievement. You know, if I was a parent and looking at the kid I'd grown up and that was the kid that I would brought up, then I'd be uh, pretty proud of her and pretty, uh, Proud of myself, so uh, credit to Bo and BJ, and obviously to to Michelle. We are uh, just a terrific, really a terrific groundbreaking golfer for, for for a for a certain amount of time. Anyway,
0: yeah, so, and anyway. we'll uh, look forward to seeing her here at the uh, 2026 Women's Open. With you, <laughs> you are such
1: a you are oh, such you a know, great.
0: athletes they get bored. Mm, yeah. So I thought, uh, yeah, Dan Hicks was right to keep saying this is a likely end, and of course, Annika, if there are cameras there, she'll find a way to she'll win the senior open and she'll be back or something like that. So it, 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 yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was very revealing of her. So, uh, anyway, I agree with you. Very nice. Goodbye. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what else Michelle does in her, her, uh, sort of post. She seems pretty interested in doing a lot of different things post career and she's already been trying different stuff and she's going to kind
1: of keep at it. So good for her. Uh, we'll leave it at that Jeff but before you're off to uh, the UK uh, next week for the yep. uh, Open Championship at Hoylake uh, I noticed I have a little bit of uh, rain uh, so that'll be good f- to grow I mean I don't want any rough growing but I'd quite like a little bit of that you know that g- grab the hosel and t- twist the face uh, oh, rough I'd geez. like to see a bit more of that know. Yeah, you know. yeah, you don't uh, want it
0: that- dry
1: and baked out? Oh well it's going to be dry and baked out well there's quite a bit of rain just now but yeah, but no, I do want it, dry, but, but I want that little, you know, that little bit of doubt. You know, the player's over the ball, and you know, there's mm. that that tall, tall, wispy, you know, not top You know, just yeah. you know it's just enough mm-hmm. to grab the hossle and you know, put a little bit of doubt in their minds. But uh, okay. Hoy- Hoyle usually produces a, a a good open. Certainly, produce, always produces a great winner. Amazing winners, yeah. It's uh, quite yeah. a roster what, of names, yeah. really. Yeah. So um, the other thing before we go, I saw somewhere on social media, you are, are you doing some public appearances or something? <laughs> well, there's I mean? a
0: uh, British Golf Collectors Society's having a group of authors on Tuesday of the week. And then at, uh, yes, uh, late August in uh, at the Watchman Hotel in uh, Gullen. Uh, David Jones has put together a nice uh, evening uh, where Rue McDonald is going to uh, ask me questions, and there will be the lovely food from The Watchman, which really is uh, great food. And uh, it's just a cool setting. And yes, I'm going to discuss the book and sign copies and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to both both events. Uh, the, the Tuesday event at Hoylake should be, uh, it's a nice group of authors. And uh, I will try to keep my, my remarks brief so I don't uh, lose anybody.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And yeah. uh, Gullin, uh, Gullin at the end of August. So if you're in the UK and you're listening to this and you want to hear Jeff chatting about his book, um, golf course Arch- architecture. Yeah. Wednesday the of team. the week
0: of Walker Cup week. So if you're in the area, we're having a little group of people. We're having a trip. But if you're in the area, it's open to everybody. And then uh, yeah, I'll be over at the Walker Cup on the weekend and looking forward to that as well. Which uh, America is going to have some some good players on the team. It looks like that, that are that we wondered might turn pros, but they're not. I mean, um, they're, they're making money, but
1: I <laughs> GB and I will lost one of the players who turned who turned pro. Oh, who yeah. did? Uh, Frank Kennedy turned pro. Oh, he was a, he? he won the Lytham Trophy this year, and he's yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, lost in the semi-finals uh, of the amateur. He right. was a certainty for the World Cup team. Mm. Yeah, I, I looked the other day. I think uh, apart from Lamprecht, I think the other nine players in the Wager top ten are all Americans. So uh, it could be a. Uh, well, hopefully the weather comes in at the O course and that, you yeah, know, that no, gets, uh, Yeah, exactly. A long way to go. Well, well, we'll talk about that when the time Just like comes. the anyway, live deal. A long way to go. Right. Okay. Right, Jeff. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, thanks for doing this twice. Uh, no one will ever know about me not pressing... Or oh, they will now. They do now. Uh, not, yeah. Not pressing... You can hear, hear my voice. voice
0: is starting to go. Yeah. That Saying all this stuff twice was... Uh, ah, you know, it allowed me to collect my thoughts, Lawrence. So... Yeah uh and the more i the more i ponder this uh, deal the the certain things are standing out which i'm now going to sit down and write about
1: good okay all the best jeff talk to you soon all right take care Touch you, then I.
0: What?